Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Poppin' everybody, hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. Yeah, I guess that's just me now. Now that we officially determined the one true host, I mean, who? what am I even doing here? Yeah, I'm yeah, here. yeah. In, I'm in case, just here. In case you guys are wondering, we now have a way for you guys to vote on who is the one true host. So yeah. far, I have a commanding victory. It's actually really close, but don't let Jay know. You can vote by going to patreon.com slash popcornculture, where we have three available levels. One of them is host Ben, or Buzzy B. One of them is host J, Jazza J, or one is no host. No, I can't imagine what would happen. Just dead silence for just the first, like... like, hey, welcome to the show. I guess this is just, there's no host at all. It's just two dudes talking about whatever. How terribly disappointing yeah. would that be? Yeah. Anyway, host, uh, do you have a corny joke for us? Well, you know, Jay, I have a fear of speed bumps, but I'm slowly getting over it. <laughs> also, I have a fear of elevators, but I've started taking steps to avoid it, so... <laughs> Oh my gosh. Let me tell you, at my, at the church, but that I go to. Scary elevator? No scary elevators. Scary speed bumps. Really? Oh my gosh. The scariest. Okay, so I think one of the most common things, if you are like the, the lead person, the, the head, the general manager of your church or whatever, is that you have to deal with the most, the tiniest, what's the right word for this? The tiniest of complaints, the... Like a, like a speed bump sized complaint? Yeah, like a speed bump size the pettiest of complaints. oh i see okay that's sure. the word i'm looking for is uh i think i think this is just part of the job 
And to me, I've always been, I, I try to avoid stuff like having complaints like this, but boy, is my complaint about the speed bumps. Is it? It is terrible. Are they, they like? They are like just running over those little parking stopper things, but maybe, I don't know if that, it's like 98% of one of those things you might, you know, run up to for parking. Right, right, right. Like the, like the little concrete brick yeah. that lays in front of a parking right. spot so you don't pull forward. Yeah. It's not a, it's, it is so much more than a bump and I hate them. And I don't even feel like it makes you safer because what people everyone hates them so they just try and drive around them <laughs> when possible which seems less safe to me let's say plus i think it slows traffic down so much that it gives more people time to get in the way oh interesting this is my, this is my thing because the thing is you're at church everyone's already on their best behavior oh okay you know? yeah, yeah, yeah you know so what i mean that's a you, thing that's how many like how many people need to be hit in a church parking lot before you have? <laughs> <laughs> this is taking a weird turn yeah anyway yeah. no anyway i don't like the speed bumps there it's so funny that you bring up speed bumps specifically. Well, I guess I brought them up in a, in a sense, but you've had an experience with them because outside of our house, we have this, it's sort of like a slightly wider stretch of street. Like where, where like you can park a car on both sides and two cars can still pass each other. So it's like, yeah. it's like four car widths wide, yeah. which does lead to quite a significant amount of like those, those guys who have cars where they like took the muffler off and put like a coffee can mm -hmm. on there instead so it like comes by like blaringly loud not cool by the way not you cool. are you do not sound let me hey for the people in the back who can't hear over their stupid demuffled cars it is not cool you are so lame like so lame it's it's Ugh. so it, it's so you, one of you those are the worst go on <laughs> the worst like like on your rating of all people it is people who have adjusted their exhaust it is not far from the top it is so annoying because this will be the one thing they did to quote upgrade their car which is literally downgrading their car and so often so often is it, it's not like a car where you're like that guy takes amazing care of his car and has souped it up in so many cool ways. I bet I could talk car with that guy. He could talk shop, all that. Not that I can talk shop, but these are always on. The The, the car is otherwise terrible looking. Oh, sure, you sure, know? sure. No, ex and exactly what's happening with these, these particular instances is basically what people have done is effectively put like a megaphone on the back of their car. Right. Like you could take a car with like a four-cylinder engine, which is a fairly small-sized engine, yeah. and make it sound very loud. Right. So like really all you're doing is just like showing off the internal combustion that's happening under the hood. Right. Which is like not very unique or specific to your particular car. There's also something to be said for the fact that you have unrestricted airflow going out of the back of your car, which can allow for additional power, which I totally understand. But hey, if you're not going to also upgrade like your intake and your manifold, like what are you doing? Exactly. See? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you get it. I get it. I get it. Um, but no, so outside of my house that we have these cars and there's actually, there's a, a house down the street that has like a band that practice and they all, every person who lives there drives uh, varying forms of like american muscle cars so like one guy has like a mustang and one guy has a camaro one guy has like a charger and these guys rip roar down the street and it's like it's one of those things where i never would have thought i'd be that guy where i was like we need to put a speed bump in because these guys are going way too fast but like we ali and i literally had a conversation about it, about it over the weekend because we have a screen and porch so we'll sit out there and we're just watching these guys come like ripping past we're like one of these days we're gonna be like open 
opening the door. You well, know. there's like a school on there your is a school. street. There is right? a school. Yeah, like not a hundred yards from your house. No, I'm not. So just really irresponsible. It is. It is. But I, I'm. I, that is how old I am today. Is I have officially actually wanted a speed bump put in to slow people down. Wow. You yep. want a speed bump in your neighborhood? In my neighbor. I know. Right I'm that guy. Apparently, you have to deal with it every day. I know. Day. I know. I think I made a video in year one about how the little things are the big things. And so like, if you have like, so the big things in life are often the the obvious milestones, like buying a house, getting married, having kids, graduating high school, whatever, things like that. Sure. But those things uh, are big milestones that they're, you can they're, look back they're, to. They're mantle moments. Those they're mantle moments. You yeah. can point to them and say, this was a big turning point in my life or whatever. But realistically, it's not your reality very often. True. You know, your reality is all the days in between those points. And so my example I want to say in that video was, if there is some speed bump, and every single day you have to ease your car over it just right or else you're gonna like thunk it and most days you don't do it like that is such a little problem but for you this is the big problem because it is a problem you have to deal with every single day <laughs> right right yeah, yeah no exactly it's it's almost the exact opposite of uh, of like the founding reasons of Istanbul Pavia day mm. which was sort of the whole idea of like the the exact opposite phenomenon of like you spend all these major holidays with the people that you don't necessarily always spend your daily life with right you know so like when are you supposed to go and spend the people you spend your daily life with did this word come out properly I don't feel like they did when you are you supposed to spend time with people you spend time with yeah exactly yeah. like what uh -huh. are we gonna make time for it like it's the holiday outside I'll... of all the the rest of the time uh, the, the time to answer your question is right now because that's the only people you get to see right now during I... uh quarantine 2020 quarantine 2020 yeah, yeah this is this is this has been a strange thing to have unfold before our eyes oh literally so as we're recording this today the governor of virginia has issued an order stay at home orders which basically as i tentatively understand it without having researched this much i think mostly means that whereas the the coronavirus quarantine up until now was largely a suggestion or request it is now like a straight up order and there is like the power to police it up to like a like a misdemeanor sort of offense for being out that's that's what i've still not like it hasn't been super clear to me what the circumstances would be under which you would you would like interact with that particular problem because like right. i like obviously you're still allowed to go out <laughs> to the grocery store to like get food for your home it's yeah um, but I like think it still sounds like gas groceries work is still a thing right yeah like if that if it's required for you to do those things so but that's sort of the time we're in i don't want to be hammered down by the specifics but we've been doing the quarantine thing for the past week and a half yeah how has that been going for you goodness i mean it's really interesting i think one of the things that has become very apparent to me is that like alice owns her shop and so every day like even though she's not open to the public she's going and doing all the projects she can't do while she's open to the public because yeah there are people there and so so I've, I feel like somehow, some way, almost maybe even more than other, like the people, the other people in my life, like you and our younger brother, Tyler and mom and dad, like everyone else seems like they're all both working from home. Mm -hmm. And so you have like other people around you during the day. But like, I am, I'm like an extrovert who is home alone all day, oh. every day. Oh, wow. And it's just like, I, I'm 
is so exhausting for me. Like, and it's crazy. I'm, I'm like seeing it as Allie is home for the weekends now. Like it totally like recharges me. Like my whole, uh, like, mental being is like turning around by the time I'm like halfway through Saturday because I've been able to interact with somebody right like you know consistently and know that they're going to be there and everything Mm. um but I totally do this thing where like whenever I'm home alone my brain will start to go and have these like mental arguments with people like over things that haven't happened and I'm I'm like totally just imagining what their take like the other half of the argument is yeah have you ever done this? And you've just described my whole life. You're like, you're just this, always arguing is, with people in your this head. This is, yes. So I can't believe you, this is only something you've started doing so recently. No, well, I, I've done it. Like I would say throughout the course of my life for different reasons at different points in time. Like there, there has always been like th- this strange baton toss. Mm-hmm. I feel like where um, I will have someone in my life who exists as the person who I'm always having mental arguments with. Yeah. And then finally, somehow, some way the circumstances will eventually you know the sands will shift to either i don't have that interaction with that person anymore Mm -hmm. but or or that person is just you know excluded from my life in some capacity and no matter what whenever that happens there's always like the baton gets passed to the next person and so almost always i i have this like focused on one person who becomes like the focus of my arguments interesting my mental arguments which so i've had that probably happen for a long time but yeah i do think that it manifests the most when i'm not having Having, like my feedback loop completed mm-hmm. so like where where i can like say something out loud hear what their reaction is to it and then like take that information in and either you know like learn from it or feel validated by it or anything so mm-hmm. it's like all i ever do is have these thoughts that i'm like like projecting out into the void because i totally talk out loud to the room all the time when i'm alone oh me too <laughs> and me it's like too. it's like there's nothing to ever to to like to close it you know it's like i need for me like for my circuit to close i almost need it to like bounce off of something and come back to me and then i can consider case closed on that thought oh, okay and i can't do that right now um which I do think is killing me. So I'm I'm very excited actually just to be talking to you. It's like yeah. I'm like I'm like savoring this like hour of time because I I get to communicate with somebody. Okay, so when you're having these arguments with these uh non-physically present people, are you are you like in an argument with that person or do they just represent someone you might be like working an issue out with? Like I think I feel like when this happens to me, I will often be like ex- working through like a problem or an argument in my head that's not with a sp- specific person i'm not like at odds with somebody oh sure it's just some some person in my life will manifest as the person i'm explaining my side of everything to oh interesting yeah Yeah, no i think i tend to argue with like specific people in my head Mm -hmm. and this is like like, i know exactly what i'm doing is basically like putting words in their mouth that they've never said before right which i'm sure like if if there are any therapists out there listening they're like "Mm, ben we should sit on a couch and talk (laughs) (laughs) um but uh yeah no typically i think that it's like i will make the assumption based off of like the the no knowledge i have about somebody's like stance or beliefs on something and then just continuously try to like re-approach the the thing and then like i'll do like research to like further fund my side of the argument and then it'll like that you usually allows their argument to then also evolve as I'm attempting to figure out what the opposing side would be 
based on my new per- perspective. Oh, I see. When you found information. So they get really deep and go really far and can last a very long time. Ma'am, it's so interesting that you're like, are you trying to win the argument? No, I I don't think that I'm trying to win the argument. I think I, I am usually do, through these things riddled with self-doubt. Like it's, it's definitely something where like the insecurity that I'm wrong about something is eating me alive Mm -hmm. but because i can't have the conversation with somebody where i can get them to explain the other perspective to me like it's like i can't i can't understand it because i don't know the rest of the perspective which means i'm left just trying to like swirl on my side of it so this happens i think a lot of times i will bring up like controversial topics in daily conversation as if it's like a fun thing to discuss, which Mm -hmm. I know makes your skin curl. But usually it's not like what I'm attempting to do is like sit there and and like like prod and poke people to like see how they're going to react to something. Most of the time I feel ridiculously underinformed on anything. I see. And so what's really happening is I'm like, can like, and this was happening with the, I think with the coronavirus in the beginning where like I was seeing people whose opinions I tended to not trust online be saying, things like guys it's just like the flu like it's it's the same thing that we've seen before these cases are not any higher and it would be the type of thing where i would walk in and be like can someone explain to me why it's not like the flu right like like, and it's like i'm not trying to take that position and i'm not trying to spread that kind of information like that we don't need to take this seriously but like can someone i i I feel like you person who is smarter than me can explain to me why this other person who is not taking it seriously is wrong can you do that for me right and so i think a lot of times it sounds like i'm i'm maybe playing like devil's advocate which may maybe i am but it's like for my own sense of learning ah okay 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 this this i feel like I'm learning so much about you. Okay. Okay. Let me walk you through what happens in my in my head when I have these internal arguments with uh, non-present people. Is that I don't feel like I'm ever feeling particularly uninformed. It's like I really just am unclear often how I feel about a topic or a situation and. The best way I have to get clarity on it is just sort of like talk out loud to the void about it. And I'll find myself like, I don't know, like I'll, I'll run into like a hiccup in my own thoughts about it. And that'll like cause me to like restart telling the story to the person I'm talking to, which is nobody. Right. By the way, I'm also just pacing around in an empty room talking to the void. Right. But uh, I think largely what this does for me, rather than making me feel really like tense and unsure, is it just helps me get to the point where I feel largely pretty comfortable with where I'm at and I'll often sort of figure out where all of my dead ends are in terms of where I just don't have enough knowledge okay but I like getting to this point and I'm just sort of realizing maybe how I internalize it because of the way you expressed it where you said you like will bring it up because like you just it's like driving you crazy yes it is <laughs> where to me I think my brain will like like okay great you've arrived at feelings and opinions and you have a take on this thing. So we're just going to store that away. And I will just like, I'll be like, I'm so happy that I, when this, when this comes up again, I will have words for it now. Oh, like, like you, you've like sort of like neatly packaged and like put together your position on a topic. Right. And, and now it is like in your, your brain space, like for ready access when necessary. With right. A, with a neat little barcode scanned on the front of the right. package. Yeah. So I could pull out like, this is everything I know. This is how I feel about it. Also, I have this folder of unanswered questions 
questions and that's what I would talk about in conversation then. Interesting. But I won't I will rarely like force any of the, anything like this. It'll just be like if it comes up, I'm just ready to go. Right, right, right. No, it's interesting because I yeah, I think when it's interesting we both talk out loud because the thing that I have discovered about talking out loud for me is that that is the way that we communicate with one another mm-hmm. and the inner workings of your brain have so many other like details and colors and abstract thoughts and like all sorts of noise going on around like how you might be thinking about something like all these other factors that might be able to find their way into the the intricate mesh work that is all of the inner workings of your brain Mm -hmm. and it's almost like attempting to explain a dream to somebody and I feel like this always happens where I'll have a dream and what I really want to do is, is explain that what I would consider to be the interesting part of the dream but then all of a sudden I realize I have to paint you the bizarre setting that we were in it's like right. we were in a circus tent and like my third grade teacher was there for some reason and I don't know you had like red hair but like I knew it was you <laughs> yeah. and like so all of a sudden <laughs> you know like you you spend all of your time describing all of the really odd parameters <clears throat> that paint the picture that might be going on in your head. When in reality, what you were really trying to say is like, me and you were arguing about bubble gum. And you know, that's, Mm. that's what I wanted to tell you about. And for some reason in my, my dream state, this was a really important argument that we were having. And now there's no way for me to logically convey any sense of what this feeling was like to you out loud. Have you and I been arguing about bubblegum, Ben? Constantly. Constantly? Constantly. What's your position on the matter? <laughs> well, I feel like we overhyped bubblegum as a kid. Overhyped bubble yum. Bubble yum, which was bubble like the, the square cubed bricks. Yes, I'm, I'm having to bring up bubble yum. I remember it. And it, it seems almost like gum as I know it today is like one sixth, that is one slash sixth of a single bubble yum. <laughs> like bubble yum was way too much gum for an individual gum. Well, it's because it's for blowing bubbles. It's not. So to me, it, gum is a weird thing because for adults, it is largely either specifically for breath. Yes. Yeah. Maintenance or else um, like like giving your mouth something to do. Right. I don't know. I think I think that's a thing. I know that and I, this is a, a massive jump. But I, I feel like people who formerly smoked cigarettes frequently like yes. need to be like chewing or right. like snacking or something right. because like they need to keep I guess their mouth occupied. Right. Yeah. In some yeah. Capacity. I think that I think that's a thing, but I have no idea. Right. It's interesting to me that gum is like a utility item for adults, whereas for children. It is like a toy. It's a, it's an it activity. It is a toy. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Maybe that is why, as a child, cotton candy was always my favorite flavor mm. of bubble yum. Yeah. The bricks. <laughs> um, but that's a really good point. Like you would you would chew it, and it was almost like once the flavor was gone, the activity was over. Yeah. You were you were no longer attempting to blow bubbles. Right. But I don't, man, I don't chew gum very much as an adult, but I do remember, I think, oh boy, as a kid, I think it's confusing because as a kid, there's like all the gum is right next to each other, but there's this one section of the gum that's like quote unquote adult gum. It's like the double mint and the spearmint and the big red or whatever. And then right next to it is like zebra stripe and big chew and bubble yum and all that stuff. Zebra stripe. Yeah. Or, oh, what was the bubble tape? Do you remember that? Bubble tape. Bubble tape. Oh man. So they're all right there next to each other. And you're like, these are obviously for kids and that's gum and this is gum and that's gum. So this is for me too. But then, you know, it's not, it's most gum is just chewing gum. It's not bubble gum. Right, 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 right. Like it would be, it would be very odd for you to go up and like a, like a, 
I feel like especially at cons, yeah. I tend to like carry a pack of gum with me because I'm talking to so many people in right. like close proximity and it's the breath thing. Like yeah. you don't want to like like yeah, <laughs> like, you know, breathe like that, uh, like SpongeBob green cloud into someone's face, right? Because that's how I imagine bad breath to to look in in physical form. Yeah. Um. But like, if you were to ask somebody, like, "Oh, can I have like a piece of gum?" You would never expect them to pull out like a pack of bubble gum. Do you know any adults who carry bubble gum? I I don't think that I do. I want to know. I want to hear from the people. If Is you are an adult, if you are even over. 13 and the gum you carry with you is bubble forward bubble forward bubble forward gum yes i want to know like because i can't remember the last time i've blown a bubble with <laughs> with gum no me but either what me a either. skill what a skill that seems so important as a kid right right yeah. like it was kind of like a thing like you you needed to be able to know how to do it and when i think about it every time you're blowing a bubble as a kid you are just towing the line between spitting your gum <laughs> Right? I'm pretty sure that I did just spit my gum a couple of times, and that is, like, the most embarrassing thing that could happen. Like, mm. that was the equivalent, you know, like, we've, we've talked before about how, like, any moment that I've ever felt cool as an adult, it usually yeah. meant that, like, my fly was down or something. And, uh, unfortunately, I think as a kid, it would be like, I was on the school bus, right? You yeah. Know, and I had a, a fresh pack of gum, you know, left over from the weekend. Whoa. Mom always let us pick something from the 44 cent section. Do you remember that? Oh, obviously. Yeah. So we could pick out any candy after grocery shopping as long as it was 44 cents or less. And yeah, I think there were several occasions where I was going to blow a bubble on the school bus and I literally just spit my gum like in the direction just, of a person. <laughs> right. See, it sounds like you weren't getting bubble gum. It sounds like you were getting chewing gum and trying to blow bubbles with it. Mm, or maybe you were just bad at blowing bubbles. Maybe, I don't know. maybe. Okay. So if you do buy, buy gum, chewing gum today, what is your like... Like, what pack do you buy? Do they have bubble gum for adults? They must. I mean... Like mint-flavored, like, bubble gum? Oh, I, that sounds terrible. It, it, it sounds, sounds terrible. It does. I can't even fathom it. It would be the equivalent of eating six pieces of Orbit. But can then you imagine just chewing gum tasting like bubble gum? Also terrible. Yeah, I don't think I would like that. Although, I think I was talking to our little brother Tyler about this over the weekend. Juicy fruit, I yeah. feel like, has spectacular flavor, but it only lasts like six and a half seconds. Yes, that is true. It's like, what's up with that? What why, is up with that? Why can't they just make something that has much longer lasting flavor? Yeah, what's the deal, Juicy Fruit? I don't know. Get on it. I Camp don't remember the last time I had a stick of Juicy Fruit. Campaign. Do you prefer, I feel like sticks of gum have really, I don't, you know, who carries a stick of gum? A st it's no, it's yeah. always like the little like pill capsules or whatever. I used to call them a slice. A slice. A, a slice, stick. A, a, a slice of gum is what I used to call it in high school. That was, I, I think actually one of the original ideas I had for something to talk about on this podcast was in high school, I would call it a slice of gum. Yeah. And this was like a characteristic of me. Yeah. Like, cool. Something I held in this ridiculously high regard as if like, like that was a known attribute of, of knowing Ben Carlin is like, he has this, this fun way of saying like, Hey, you want a slice of gum? Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> who else calls it a slice of gum? That, that's what Ben says. Yeah. So if it, if it got back to you that like, that like Edward in third period geometry was offering people slices of gum, would that have just like grinded your grapes? Oh, it would have. Like, totally. <laughs> I mean, my grapes would have been crowned and I, I would have been like, 
hold up now, Edward. Did you give me credit? <laughs> yeah. when, because inevitably, when whoever you were offering it to is like, wow, what a clever thing to say. Man, if I wasn't being credited for that, I would be so frustrated. It, it probably is slices. Like, that must be how they do it in the factory. It must be sliced that way. Huh. Slice is probably the appropriate. It's not very stick-like. It's not very stick-like. No. I think that's always one of what I've imagined is that they like they they start with like a a, a big stick of gum mm. that they then slice into smaller slices of gum. <laughs> it's just like pizza. <laughs> Exactly. Gum is pizza. <laughs> they, what they should really sell is a round gum, like a pack of gum that yeah. is round and cut into slices like a pizza. And then you could literally offer somebody a slice. Maybe I'll start my own gum company and call it Slices. Sli <laughs> you want a slice? Have a slice. Have a slice. <laughs> People will be like, pizza? Like, no, gum. <laughs> Unfortunately, almost as good. <laughs> Could there be anything less exciting? Oh, no one's having gum parties. Oh, man. Pizza party? I'm there. No, I think I think there could be something more disappointing, which is somebody having pizza, but it not being a flavor that you like, and being like, oh, there's pizza. Oh, but it has olives on it. Uh, I don't know if I've told it. Have I told the story on the popcorn culture? I don't know. About... This was my gambit at uh, at college parties. Oh, I hated you for this. <laughs> it was so annoying. Okay, I think we've made videos about this. I know I've talked about it somewhere, but I'm going to talk about it right now. Do it. Uh, so if you're in college or approaching college, let me tell you how most parties are going to go down. Is that at some point in the night... You're going to want pizza. Specifically if Ben Carlin is at that party. Specifically if you, this party is happening on a college campus anywhere in America. At some point, and Ben's there, you're going to <laughs> You never know. You're going to want... Someone's going to be like, let's get a pizza! Let's get a pizza! Let's do it. Hey, we should get a pizza. And the problem will be, who's going to call the pizza place? Because... Here's the thing about paying for pizza at a party. One, pizza sounds like a good idea because it feeds lots of people, but not as many people are as at that party. Yeah, As are true. at that party. So yes, you have a food that feeds lots of people, but you have more people than the pizza will feed. Correct. Right. Even if you get several pizzas, pizza, you're going to underorder the pizza. Pizza does not have unlimited <clears throat> slices. Pizza does not. Yet. Yes. But the appetite of a party-sized room of college students has an unlimited amount of appetite for pizza. Yes. True. Yeah. So that's that's the situation. No one is going to be the want to be the person who calls to order the pizza because that person's going to get stuck footing the bill for however many pizzas aren't enough to feed everyone. This was me literally all through college. Right. Like, and I think I, I saw it as if like, again, just like my slices. Yeah. This is like, a, it's like the best part about knowing Ben, he orders the pizza. Maybe, are you just like a slice junkie over Me there? <laughs> if it has slice in it. My whole life, I've been delivering slices to Are you offering up slices of chips at all your parties too? Weren't you slicing up the tortillas? I would slice up. Wow. Yeah, true fact, I actually Man. made homemade tortilla chips at every single party I ever hosted. Be want to know what really actually got me onto it? What? I was watching Alton Brown's Good Eats on how to make tortilla chips. Yeah. And the, it is so ridiculously sad satisfying to take a huge stack of corn tortillas yeah. and a sharp knife and just slice right through like all like 40 of them at once <laughs> it's like that that was legitimately why i wanted to make corn tortilla chips for myself for the first time wow was because i saw that and then i started doing it and again it became a characteristic <laughs> of ben carlin <laughs> Oh, man, I'm having such a hard time reliving things that I have thought made me interesting. 
this is a great episode. The way that uh, I share gum. The way, the way that I'm the sucker who orders pizza. Boy. And the guy who figured out that you can deep fry tortillas and make tortilla chips. These are like your claims to fame. This was your this was your bid at popularity. <laughs> Slices of gum. Legitimately. <laughs> legitimately. But I think popcorn culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile, and it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. (laughs) 
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. I think if I can sum up Ben's bids for popularity in high school, it came down to uh, slices of gum, hoodies, belt buckles, and green shoes. Oh, it hurt so bad. (laughs) All those things just came screaming back to me. True fact, on all fronts, uh, there was a period of time where I got super into belt buckles. And it was one of these things where I people kept liking the belt buckle yeah and like so every day i would walk in and I'm like dude what belt buckle are you wearing today and it was like i can't have the same answer every day right and so mm. like it was one of the, I, I had to continuously find new belt buckles right and it became such a problem eventually i had like one of the like led boards that like would like have like a message <laughs> you can program messages into it yep yep and i had one that was a dry erase board so i could like write like little notes on it which that now seems like very inappropriate <laughs> <laughs> like want to change the note <laughs> No, yeah. Ne- yeah. never acceptable. Never um, acceptable. I had Batman. Mm, classic. That was a classic one. Do yeah. you know this? I feel like this must be, this must happen at every high school. There's like one kid who like is the first one to discover belt buckles. Yeah. And then everyone else is like, well, I can't, I can't also do it because I'll be copying them so hard. Unless you're Edward. And le- yeah, obviously Edward's over there like, hey, hey guys, check out my, my longhorn belt buckle. Want a slice of juicy fruit? <laughs> Edward. <laughs> the worst. Yeah, everyone just knows he's discount Ben Carlin. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people say. Oh, oh my man. gosh. But yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. And then hoodies I got super into and it was the same problem. Mm-hmm. And green shoes was specifically because we were huge into Steve Prefontaine. Who isn't? Who yeah, you know, runner in the nineteen seventies, came in fourth place, Munich Olympics. Yeah. They came out with a pair of these like super like John Deere green shoes with the yellow swoosh. Because and they were the Oregon colors. Because they were Oregon colors. Right. Yeah. Which is where like Nike came from from Bill Bowerman. Yeah, and that's where Steve Prefontaine went to college. Exactly. Exactly. There we is. put all the pieces of the puzzle, all the yeah. slices of that puzzle together. <laughs> slices of puzzle. <laughs> but so this was again one of those things that I thought was so like so unique to me that like I literally went out and bought like multiple pairs of these green shoes mm. so that as a pair would wear out because I ran cross country and wore them every day to practice. Yeah. I would need a new pair. Yeah. And uh, to this day, that is still a problem that I have is shoes. I, I always have to find a new cool pair of shoes. Got to find a new cool pair. It all started there. It all started there. Yeah. Man, I remember the day we got you got those because they had <laughs> this, this. This is so. Uh, I feel so lame thinking about it too. I remember we were at Dick Sporting Goods and we discovered these and we were like, "Whoa, no way!" They have Steve Prefontaine shoes, but they had the running shoes and then they also had flip flops. <laughs> There's 
nothing inherently lame about flip flops, but I remember these flip flops in particular, and they were. I'm so sorry, guys. Oh, I think how different would our lives be if you had bought. <laughs> And I had bought the shoes. How who different. knows? How different indeed. That was a moment. You could have been the guy who bought pizza for people. And instead, I just had, oh man. Yeah, so Ben had these really cool green Nike shoes with the brilliant yellow swoosh. And I had green, really green flip-flops. <laughs> to this day, I still hate flip-flops. Mm. They're just not something that I've ever, I've, I've tried to adopt flip-flop lifestyle. Yeah. But for one, I think I just hate the general appearance of my feet. Oh. So it's like, mm-hmm. and also my feet will not, like, I can't even sunburn my feet. Right. Like, they're pale as, like, moonlight. Okay. <laughs> and, but that, like, they will not tan and they will not burn. And I've specifically, like, gone to the beach and not worn sunscreen on my feet before and just been like, I'll just let them get burned and then it'll be kind of tan afterwards and it'll be fine. They won't do it. This, oh, that's interesting. You're, so you don't want to wear flip flops because you don't want to be able to see your pale feet? <laughs> that's it. I don't need people seeing my pale feet. I have not once thought about, I've never looked, I don't think my feet tan either, but I've never considered that in wearing flip flops. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, what do you think about then? I just I think they're convenient, mostly. Okay. That's okay. pretty well, much it. That's your thought. Yeah. <laughs> they're convenient. No. That was one of those things. I remember, there. Were, I don't remember who it was. I remember seeing some like older kid in high school and I was just like, he was wearing flip-flops one day and I was like, all right, that's it. Those are classic. You just want regular brown. That's it. Like, don't, I don't know. It felt like this, it felt like such a decision to have flip-flops. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I did follow my own advice because this was Steve Prefontaine. It was a cool exception. Right, yeah. Yeah. All the flip flops I've ever owned since then have just been like standard brown. Oh. And it dates back to like me seeing one kid wearing brown flip flops at high school. And you were like, that's how it's done. That's That's how how you do it. Right. Goodness me. No, those are, those are things though. Like when you go to adopt like a new form of clothing, you think the outside world is going to be like, whoa, that's so unlike him wearing flip-flops. Like I didn't expect that at all. (laughs) Right. Like, and instead it's kind of like, you, you probably would never think twice if somebody just, like, if I, I, you might, because you know me, but if I were to just go out in flip-flops, I don't think anybody at any point in time would see me and be like, what is with that guy? Yeah. That he is, should not be wearing flip-flops. That is exa- that is such a thing you can get in your head about. And it's the worst when you're really in your head about it. And then the worst part of it comes to pass or whatever. Which is somebody realizing that you're not supposed to wear it. Or yeah, or it's just like, I remember in high school one time I wanted to like, I just wanted like plain white shoes. Yeah. And I could never really like articulate what the style was supposed to look like. Okay. Or like, you know, are there just cool white shoes or any pair of, like, I just knew this was like, I couldn't, I couldn't ever remember like where this idea was coming from. I was just like, I know I've seen people just wear like white shoes. It just looks cool. Yeah. Like, and I want that. And I feel like I went out and just executed this in the least cool way. Or maybe. Or like, I remember thinking, I'm just going to wear these and it's going to be cool. And I remember walking in and I just had like, my buddies would just give me like such a hard time for this particular pair of shoes. Like, like, like who cares? You know? Oh no. It was just what I was like, man, I was so nervous about this. And then you made it worse. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I wore my vulnerability right on my feet. Like you were supposed to. (laughs) Exactly. I wore my vulnerability on my feet and you stomped all over it. You stomped all over uh, it. I'm like scuffed. Exactly. Which is a real problem for white shoes. So a very real problem. Yeah. No, that is, it's so true. It's so true. But I, I tend to feel like this has always been, I, I would say in under most circumstances, whenever I've tried something new, 
it hasn't really felt like it's gone terribly poorly. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, I can't tell if people think it's as cool as they're like saying it is to me out loud, mm-hmm. or if I've always just done things that are so slightly off the beaten path that it's remarkable enough for people to like say things about it. Yeah. To be like, whoa, how about the belt buckles? Cool. <laughs> You know, and like what I'm hearing is like two thumbs up. You have killed it. You have made the right decision. When like what they're really saying is like I don't know why I chose this to be his thing. But now, I feel like you've always had a pretty uncanny ability to pick the right cool thing to pursue. Oh, good, good, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, I, or maybe this is just like my own insecurities. I always felt like I was particularly bad at picking the cool thing to pursue. But whatever. I, I've, n- I've never today. felt that way. Okay, well that's good. Yes, yeah, so you're good. That's good. Anyway, I didn't finish explaining the pizza gambit oh i'm sorry yes which we've veered way off topic anyway so here's ben carlin you're at your you're at your party someone's ordered wants to order pizza yeah no one wants to call the pizza place because the problem is you're gonna if you call you're gonna be the one responsible for like paying yes or or at that point collecting or collect the three dollars from everybody that they pledged right and everyone's like oh yeah let's get pizza i'll pay but hey guess what it's 2020 and well let's use 2019 let's face it you're not at a party in 2020 (laughs) (laughs) what a joke oh my god it's 2019 you don't carry cash what like you don't have three single dollars to hand to the person or maybe you've only got a ten dollar bill or a 20 you know it doesn't matter or Oh, wait, you ordered from Papa John's? I had a free coupon for Domino's, so I don't feel like I should have to pay. Or there's like a bazi- pizza, such a weird thing. What what kind of pizza did you get? No, I'm not going to pay. Never mind. I'm not going to eat that. I don't want it, right? Right, right, right. This is the problem. There's a bazillion reasons. People don't want to help pay for the pizza. They just want the pizza to get there so they can eat it. Right. Right. Unless you're me. Unless you're Ben, who just wants to bring the party <laughs> <laughs> with his pizza. So anyway... I recognized this this pattern, this pizza pattern problem. Pizza pattern problem. Yeah. That was, pizza pattern party problem. I love it. Yeah. And <clears throat> I realized that what I wanted out of the pizza when it got there was to be able to eat a lot of it. Because I would always, yeah, you get like a slice and then it's just gone. That's the problem. So, so you're going for volume. I'm going for volume, right? So I, like you, would eventually just be like, okay, whatever. I'll pay. And I'll be the one to make the call. Because here's the real power of the person who calls, though. You might have to pay, but you also get to have the conversation about what kind of pizzas they are. True. Right. So here's what you want to do. Find an obscure pizza topping that most people don't like, but that you are willing to tolerate or possibly even enjoy more than the average person. How about it? Yeah. So order whatever your regular array of pizzas, pepperoni, sausage, regular cheese, gross, but then... Ham and banana pepper? Yeah, ham and banana pepper. Solid choice. (laughs) Or possibly a good example of what might be good for this pizza gambit, which is me and my friend John would always be the people to call and we would always order an onion pizza along like oh hey we're getting three pizzas great one of them will shall be an onion pizza please it just sounds <laughs> disgusting it right. sounds putrid right the thing is onion pizzas are really not that bad but everyone thinks it's gonna be <laughs> so it gets there and people open up the pizza and it's like oh great so you have let's say you have like a 15 person party now what you've done is 13 people have to split those two pizzas but only you and your friend who were clever enough to order the onion pizza will have to split the onion pizza because you're the only ones who want it and you get four slices congratulations you won the party you won the party wow and it works it worked over and over and over and we'd be with the same people and it would just keep happening like why is there always an onion pizza (laughs) i know 
uh, uh, hilarious. The the thing that I feel like I finally realized is that just everybody likes pepperoni, and I love pepperoni pizza. Like right. I, I I would not call myself like a not adventurous eater, but when it comes to pizza, I just love pepperoni. Right. And I feel like what I would always get so frustrated with is that I would want pepperoni and I would order a whole bunch of other stuff because people are like, oh, let's get like Hawaiian or let's get you know whatever something different. Mm. Um, and what would always happen is I would end up having three quarters of a Hawaiian pizza left and all the pepperoni was gone. Right. And it's like, well, this is crud. So Wow, you were doing the exact opposite of the, what we were doing. Right. Well, so eventually yeah. what I got to the point where <coughs> I will order a huge array of different pepperoni pizzas. Ah, uh, like so, different crusts. Yeah, so I'll, I'll get like cheese stuffed crust thin crust, deep dish, mm. hand tossed. Mm. And they're all pepperoni pizzas. And it's like, good news is I win no matter what. Yeah. Take your pick. <clears throat> I don't care about the crust. I just want that pepperoni. I just want that pepperoni because it's yeah. so good. That's hilarious. So that's a, that's a nice fix. You've, you've solved some pizza problems. Yeah. 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 So your goal, it sounds like in ordering pizza was to please as many people as possible with your pizza order. Yeah. It's just yeah. generally my goal in life. Yeah. My goal with my pizza orders was to only satisfy myself. <laughs> I feel like you would take a certain amount of joy in the fact that you had successfully hoodwinked people by like cracking this code too. Oh, like, I did. Like, Absolutely. I, I feel like you could have, you literally could have even just ordered another pizza and it would have been fine and probably had the same conclusion. But instead, I feel like you loved the fact that you had your three pizza deal and one of them, just you and John could eat on your own. Yeah. Well, Onion I mean, pizza. let's say it was a team effort, but yeah, it was fun. <clears throat> that was, that was fun. Sorry if you went to college with me and didn't get <laughs> and as much pizza. <laughs> missed out. <laughs> missed out. Well, one of those other 12 to 13 people we had at the parties. Yeah. Um, no, that's so funny. So the thing that I realized over the weekend um, for Christmas, mom and dad gave us these like string, like the, the classic like bulb lights. Oh, yeah. And um, so, of course, being in quarantine, Allie and I have like basically dug into like the far reaches of our house to figure out things we can do. Sure. And she was like, hey, we have a screened in porch. Let's finally hang these things. And so she's like in there trying to figure it out. And she's like, well, how are we going to like mount them to the, you know, the wood rail across the top of the room? And I was like, I might have something. And I went downstairs and sure enough, from in college, I had these like specific staples that you can use to attach wire like to the wall. And it's oh. kind of got like nails and then like a little like rounded part in the middle where you can like tap the, the cord in there. And she was like, how did you just have these here at the house? And I was like, well, because when I was in college, I was all about having my surround sound. Right. Like I had, this, like I like worked all summer so that I could buy this like really expensive stereo so that like when I had parties, I would have the best stereo anyone's ever had. And she was like, that's what you focused on. And I was like, yeah. Like, so if you like, and I was like, to, till yesterday, I was still under the notion that this would have worked. Yeah. And that like, if a girl who I just happened to not already know from the other, you know, like my friendship circles had approached my parties. I, this is literally in my mind. And, and maybe this is going back to the guys who have like the coffee can mufflers on their cars. Right. I was so certain that having the best sound system at Radford University was going to be the thing that would like allow someone to walk up to me and break the ice and be like, your stereo was really nice. <laughs> and like, Allie was like, I guarantee you if I had come to one of your parties, I would have not been even remotely close to close to close to close to interested in how nice your stereo was. Right, right. And yet I lived in three different apartments and every single one of them, I like ran wires for surround sound on like the ceiling of my apartment. That is hilarious. So I have all these like little mishmash boxes from where I've like done all this wire mounting throughout the years. And th that's the thing about a college apartment. You live there for like nine months. 
and I would like move in, right. you know, yeah. like, like you're barely there. And I'm like decorating walls and putting holes places. Yeah. Uh, wow. Look at you. I've always, I, I feel like what this whole, this particular conversation has really led me to understand is that like, I'm really into gimmicky crap. <laughs> It's so funny that you're saying that part of the motivation was was the idea that it might impress someone of the opposite sex. And all throughout college, you just had the same girlfriend anyway. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. This, was, this is the thing, though, is that I have never ever, like, people who, like, drive by people and, like, catcall or honk the horn or something, I'm like, who are these people? Like, it's never made sense to me that anybody would ever try that. But I feel like there's also something to be said that like, I, I don't know that I, in my life, have ever just gone and uh, like seen a girl from across the room and like, I'm gonna go try and talk to that girl. Right. Like, I think that probably out of all the girls that I have ever talked to, they talk to me first. <laughs> so I think that the, that's like the scenarios that like my entire existence, I was always trying to find circumstances to allow that level of approachability. And with my stereo, I guess on some level, I just thought having ear splitting volumed music this is like this this is classic like you're like reverse engineering yourself into popularity like oh i went to this party and all these cool people were there they had an amazing stereo <laughs> so if i have an amazing stereo that'll make me cool but it's like that really doesn't have anything to do with it it <laughs> right it totally doesn't but yeah no i think it must it must have been something where these dots got connected at some point in time because even my car growing up i was that guy with subwoofers like right like and i remember there was this like really cute girl in my high school class and there was one day where i was like leaving cross-country practice and she was chatting with some of her friends like across the way and i remember getting in sue my azuzu trooper and uh john cena's oh can't, oh. can't see me what's his what's his like walk-in anthem yeah yeah that one you can't see me can't see me it has this tremendous bass hit yeah. like right in the bah, beginning bah, bah, bah. yeah it's like boom and so i like crank it up and i remember it hits so hard and i was like i was like subwoofers you have not failed me today <laughs> like thank you for having my back in this moment and this girl looks over and like you could like tell in my mind she was impressed <laughs> but like logically why would she be impressed by it? it was a, like the most obnoxious thing ever but yeah no i i was like i remember like rolling out of the parking lot being like i just killed it yeah like, i'm so like, cool i nailed that I moment i'm on a high right now <laughs> Truly, though, like, I, yeah, like I, like I mean, it's it, it's so bad, but but maybe all those things that that people do that are obnoxious, that that like you as an outsider who like sees with greater like scope, mm -hmm. the, like the full the full like picture, it's like if you don't, you just don't know, right? Like that guy with the the detached muffler just rolling through, like it's like everyone can hear my car. <laughs> there, yes, exactly. It's like why is that something you would think is a good thing? Like, right? There's like technology to make things quiet in cars or even i think i think in modern cars the startup sound of like you turning the key is just that's not even happening anymore that's like a sound effect by oh, the sure, car sure you know like the da -da 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 like the car's not doing that it can just go and it's on yeah 
It just comes on. It makes those sound effects to make you feel like the car is working properly. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there are totally things like that that exist. And I, I think even in, like, for the driving experience, there are so many people that have talked about, like, when you get into, like, the Subaru, like, sports cars. Yeah. That if it's an electric version of that car, not having the sound can be, like, so eerie. Right. So I think there's, like, a, a particular, like, Mercedes-Benz AMG GT something. Yeah. Uh, let's pretend I know. Sure. And um, they have the, the gas version and the electric version. And the electric version, as you're, like, ripping it on a track, makes no noise. And so in the car, they've literally installed speakers that just sound oh like exhaust noise so that, like, as you're shifting, like, it knows what is supposed to be the appropriate amount of exhaust sound to deliver to you, the driver, for the full driving experience. Well, I feel like if you're in professional driving or something, not, ha- like, that's probably, like, uh, a... A, a cue for you you know you could probably like tell how your car's doing and when you're ready to shift and stuff based on the sound there's no doubt about it yeah, yeah. i mean and and when it comes to like if you've ever been to, like a nascar race or even just like uh amateur racing those cars are loud for a reason oh like for sure like that that's a completely <clears throat> different scenario and i i sometimes wonder if that's what it comes down to is like because like a nascar is insanely loud oh. you like correlate this idea that having your car be car be very loud means yeah. that it's very fast yeah but it's it's a it's a very very different game it is a very <laughs> different game and you're not as good a driver as anyone on the nascar circuit there you go oh man i this is a fun this is a fun stat to bring up to people is that like like or even even if it, i have no idea the validity of this stat but you can just always start a controversial conversation with someone with any group of people if you're just like Oh, this is interesting. Nine out of ten people think they're good drivers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and everyone there will be like, oh, but I am. <laughs> right, right, yeah, no, exactly. Uh, to me, that's like, that's ping pong and Mario Kart. Oh my gosh. Everybody thinks that they are good at everybody ping pong thinks and they're Mario good at Kart. Ping pong. It's just one of those things. But they didn't have to grow up around you and John Jennings, who are so good. Mm-hmm. Very irritatingly so. Sorry, yeah. Man, everyone thinks they're good at ping pong until they get. That's 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 the frustrating thing with me is that like I've never thought I was good at ping pong. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I've never been like oh, I'm, I'm I'm so confident in my ping pong abilities, but I feel like everyone I've ever played with has some weird. Just I don't. I mean, everyone must have just had a ping pong table. Maybe. And- Maybe that was it. We just didn't have one. We we didn't, but we had a pool table growing up. And I think I always had these like visions of myself going and spending hours down there. And like whenever in the future, mm-hmm. I inevitably were, was, was in a scenario where like playing and being good at like billiards or pool yeah. would be like a cool like thing about me. It never happened. Uh, like, like we just never played. Maybe you did. I never played enough pool to get to the point where I was any better than kind of okay-ish. Okay. I, we did have a pool table yeah in our basement and i did go do that i would just play like i would just go rack the balls and just play down there for like hours at a time and this is one of those things where yeah you're like oh i think i was probably doing the same like man being good at pool that's that's a really cool thing <laughs> everybody's you know, gonna love that about me everyone's gonna love that about me and sure enough i i was not i was good like compared to other people in high school sure anyway like anytime i played any billiards with anyone in like high school or college um and like in like a casual setting i would typically win okay um and I would always be like, well, isn't that cool? But rarely did it actually make someone think you're cool. You're just like, I don't I don't know. Maybe it did. I don't know. You're like, like, I'm good at this. So that's, 
that's cool, but it's like, I don't know, what the, is it? The real question to me, because I feel like we've talked about like a hundred different examples of these misconceptions that we've had throughout our life about moments that we thought we were being super cool for doing something, and it turned out we totally weren't. Like, how, how can the world be better about communicating, like, without being mean towards people if like well here okay like what, what even is cool I, oh boy that's that's that could be a whole just discussion because okay so here's the thing um maybe it's like it's so tricky in high school because you can try all these things but there's already so many like pre-established like conceptions about who the other students are like right. what what their role is and ha who, who they are so like what you do never feels like it can you can't really budge that or maybe you can i don't know but um it you, you can try all these different things but it might not feel like it's ever budging it but okay so when i went to college i went to uh, my freshman year was at radford where you went to college and i remember they had this like overnight orientation thing you're supposed to go to where you spend the night in the dorm and you yes. meet a bunch of people from the freshman class and you all go to you know whatever and i remember walking in there and i knew, just knew absolutely nobody you right know? i was just completely solo <laughs> on this on this night and it was very like intimidating because you didn't have like anyone to lean on and uh there was the you know student center or whatever and they had like you know 20 pool tables or something sure and i remember just picking a random table and being like can i play winner or whatever and they're like oh of course absolutely because they you know everyone's in the same position but it's hard sure. to know that yeah, 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 yeah you feel like everyone just knows each other already and i remember this was like the moment everything paid off for me in pool where i think i had a few very lucky shots where i knocked in like a couple of balls at once okay some maybe not even in intentionally but i was like very impressive and it was just like actively winning favor like this is look at this guy look so, at this guy so it was it working was working so maybe it's the fact that you're just doing it in front of people who already have made up their mind about you interesting <clears throat> interesting okay okay or i mean maybe maybe it's also like the circumstances have to be just right for something like that to pay off in such a, a good way for you. Maybe. Because like, mo and I, I don't know why this is the case, and I'm sure that it's not the case everywhere. So apologies if you're big time into billiards, but most of the places that I'm aware of in Roanoke where like billiards people might be mm. are probably some of the places that are a little less like, uh, likely you might go on a family outing. Right. You know, like- I still have the smoking section. But yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, like they, they definitely don't seem like the types of places where like the, the cool people hang out necessarily mm -hmm. in, in the context, I feel like that we're thinking. But in this particular scenario, you're like all, like you became good at the joint activity that a whole bunch of what is otherwise amateurs were doing in an environment that wasn't really designated specifically towards that activity. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> Let we me got follow that. <laughs> yes. We got there in the we end. We got there in yeah. the end. So like you were, you were at like a college orientation where like nobody is specifically there to be good at billiards, but because it's the activity that everybody there was doing, the act of being good at it sort of meant that because nobody else had any like bearing on social hierarchy you were the person who was good at the activity that everyone else was doing there you go that might have been it which was the first time i felt cool remember that whole day because man the group i got they of course throughout the day you had this like tour of campus and stuff yeah. like that and they're trying to do all these like little icebreakery type things which typically I, i'm icebreakers are so like they always make me feel so uncomfortable but i feel like they are very effective that it's so, so true at the time but man oh man Right out of the gate, the the person leading our little group of freshmen, the first one was just a complete fail for me. Where they were like, "Oh man," it was just like something like, "Who's like whose favorite meal of the day is breakfast versus lunch versus dinner?" And it was just like, "Walk across to this side if you know breakfast is your favorite." And I walk across, and I'm the only person. <laughs> This is stupid. <laughs> it's like, what's up with that guy? 
<laughs> what a dumb thing. Like every, I could just feel it coming. I was like, well, <laughs> oh, I'm the guy who likes breakfast. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. That was a good time. That's really funny. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. There's nothing better than learning good stories about you that I never knew before. My experience of that exact same orientation was that the, everybody in, like, one of the quads was playing this, like, huge game of football. Yeah. And this this was kind of like my billiards moment where I um, was fast because I had run, like, track and cross country in high school. Uh. And so, like, a lot of the people there just, you know, were playing from any measure of athletic backgrounds. So yeah. it, it was like one of those moments where there were a couple of people who were like played football or whatever sports, but I was definitely like running all over people. Right. And <laughs> like real fast. I was, yeah. So, so nobody could catch me, but like right before, uh, like or right as the game was ending, there was this moment where like I caught like a ball in the end zone and like scored a touchdown or something. And this guy came up and just like railed me. Oh gosh. And so, I mean, like just full force just came in and like, just like, uh, just ran into me. So I like go sliding across the ground. I'm in this like brand new, it was like a Hurley oh no. t-shirt, oh no. but it was like, it was like a, a white shirt that had like green markings on it. And then it had grass markings all down the side of it for the rest of the day, for the rest of the day. And immediately after this particular activity, we went in to take our photos for our passes that I would then go to carry <laughs> right. for the next four years of college. So I had been wearing like a backwards hat the whole time I'm out there. I'm pouring sweat. I've got grass stains all over my clothes. Mm. And you know, you like you walk in, like you're taking this photo and it's like the first piece of Radford University memorabilia I have. And it's like, well, I look so dumb. <laughs> and I just had to live with it the whole time. Great. Yeah. Good times. Wonderful good time. So anyway, guys, the question that we have for you today, and if you want to respond, you can do so by emailing us at popcornculturepod at gmail.com. Is that right? Popcorn? I get this wrong every time. <laughs> yes. Popcornculturepod at gmail.com. Tell us about a time you thought you were super cool. And in hindsight, maybe you weren't. Or, or you maybe you were. Maybe you were. Maybe, maybe you killed it that I, day. What I'm, all I'm learning is that we don't know anything about being cool. <laughs> I don't think anyone does, but that's though. That's the thing. Like, right. Like, yeah, it's such it's, a matter of perspective. Right. It's because I think it's so commonly the case, especially in high school, where the way that you know somebody is not the way that they know themselves. Right. So, like, for all I know, I went through high school, and Tyler, our little brother, will say this all the time, like, where after I graduated and he continued to grow up, like, all the people he interacted with talked about me in such a positive light, and I was like, well, why didn't anybody tell me while I was there? Like, oh, I feel like he was telling me a story where he ran into someone from my, from my graduating class recently at some, I don't, I don't even know what, and they were... He discovered that they just did not like me. Oh no! Because because I was like quote unquote like too popular to like notice them or something. I'm like, what high school? <laughs> like what? <laughs> what? Who thought that was? I don't. I don't know. Right, right, right. Like, like what? I feel like I could have enjoyed high school so much more if someone told me that was popular the whole time. <laughs> but like, I wonder if everybody you you perceive to be the quote unquote popular kids has no idea, mm. or, or are there some people who are so cool that they're like, I know, I'm I cool. got it, I know mm. what's going on. Yeah, there's some Regina Georges out there. They I, get it. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, guys, but be sure to send us uh, all of your input on that particular topic uh, to popcornculturepod at gmail.com. Also, final thought before we close out some of you sent in your audible listening times i think i had like 22 days or something like that and i was like proud of that oh you yeah. had two months which yeah. i was like wow okay <laughs> i'm an amateur 
we are amateurs compared to the world of uh, all the listeners so out there. So apparently we are. What were what were some high scores? The highest score that I had, somebody sent in. They were they had over seven months of listening time. Seven on Audible. Months. I'm like, goodness me, if I got to the point where I had listened to Audible for a full year mm-hmm. of my life, that is like unfathomable in my mind. Like that is so much that is time. A lot. Oh, man. Okay, so we should have like a scoreboard here to see if we can find who. So we should figure out one who the who the high score is. Okay. And we should see, can someone beat seven months and send a new audible high score? Yeah. Be sure yeah. to email us at popcorncculturepod at gmail.com. Yes. Also, if you guys would like to vote on who is the actual one true host, you can do so by going over to patreon.com slash popcornculture, where we have three tiers available. There are all $5 a piece. You do get some bonus content for joining in. And each of those, whether you choose host Buzzy B. Host Jazzy G. Or just host neither, which is not very popular, to be totally honest with you. I feel like Edward runs that one. Yeah. You know, Edward. 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 Anyway, guys, we do appreciate your input and your support. Until next time. Pop, pop. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.